What's up, guys? I want to do a deeper dive. I don't think we, we did a deeper dive enough on a couple of series. We'll try to hit on all of them. Washington just won, so I need to kind of edit my pass. I thought Indiana was going to win. I effed up. I thought the Pacers were hosting. I, I got confused. Okay, my fault. It's the new play and whatever. Um, if I knew Washington was hosting, I'm picking Washington. Let's talk about the Wizards-Sixers first-round matchup, 1-8. I want to deep dive here. Okay. There is a world where Washington can win the series, but it depends on Coach Scotty Brooks. A deep dive, if you will. So one of the things about Embiid is, and I just talked to the other Rosenball, um, if you want to, centers are so easy to get in this league. They really are. Today's new NBA centers. Um, In my opinion, you want your centers to do at least one of four things. Talked about this. At least one of four. Which is defensive flexibility. And if you want to know what's defensive flexibility. Defending the pick and roll. Be able to stay in front of a perimeter player in the pick and roll. If it's a guard, great. But you got to be able to stay in front of that player. Don't let that player get around you. Andre Drummond at Big Fat X. Cannot do defensive flexibility. Can't defend the pick and roll. Boogie Cousins as an example. The reason why he's really been depreciated in this league. People talk about all the injury. It's not. It's the defense of the pick and roll. You play him off the floor. Defensive flexibility is a big one. Uh, being able to shoot just to space is another facet that that you want in, in, in a five. Again, you have to be able to do one of these things. doesn't mean you have to be a shooter. One of the things is shooting. Kelly Olenek, as an example. Laurie Market. Excellent rebounding. Okay, Drummond does check the box off here. He's an excellent rebounder. I think we need a better staff for rebounding. How many incremental rebounds did you drive? Are you really getting me incremental rebounds? There's a lot of soft rebounds out there. There was a whole study done by my boy Ben Falk about when Marcus Cambio was a blazer. He got a lot of what I like to call freebie rebounds. There's a fourth component. There's a fourth. Playmaking. Okay. Now that can mean a couple different things. But to me, playmaking means can I run an offense through you? So as an example, it doesn't mean you're a good post player. Jaleel Okafor who, you know, had stints here and there in the league, Philadelphia picked him up, obviously, is a great post player on an individual level. If I'm like, I need a bucket, it needs to happen to the post, boom, give the ball to Jaleel Okafor, he's got great moves, he can get you a bucket. The problem with Okafor, he's not good at recognizing when the double team is going to come, how to pass out of a double team, right? Similar for, like, Robin Lopez, to be honest. Robin Lopez, solid post player. Yeah, believe it or not. Does he recognize, though? I don't know. Brolo, his bro. Brooke Lopez, also good post player. Does he recognize? I don't know. So you have to be able to play make. Embiid, I think, does a good job of recognizing the post, and he can run an offense through him because he, he could pass out of the post. Well, and obviously he's a threat in the post, as we all know. But there are some negatives to Embiid's game. Let's talk about the defense for a second. Great Rim defender, but again, defensive flexibility is key. Can he stay in front of a guard? Yes and no. He's a mixed bag. He's not Bam out of bio. And he's not even Al Horford in that regard. Guards can get around him. His knees are a little feeble. Um, but he's not bad in that. He's average. Okay? So, 
you could you could run pick and roll against Embiid. The other thing about Embiid, the playmaking again, the lineup he's with hurts. So obviously he's with Danny Green, Seth Curry. That helps. Ben Simmons that hurts. Right, him and Simmons. We talked about this at nauseum. Probably need a split. Um, it's just too much lack of spacing in one unit. And then on the flip, Embiid as a shooter, again, you're giving him the shot because he shoots a below-average percentage. It's still decent. He's a decent shooter for a big, but you don't want him shooting. Right? You you, you like him shooting if you're the opposing team. Shooting low 30% from three. He's got to get the number up to 36 37%, and then uh, he's a whole different player. So as a result, those caveats make Philly beatable. But it depends on Brooks's rotations. Brooks cannot play. First of all, I hate when, like, this is one of my most frustrating things. If you're the eighth seed, Washington, Washington, and you're such an underdog in a series, same thing with Boston against, against Brooklyn. You're such an underdog, you got to go avant-garde. You got to do something outside the box, different, to show them to win the series. You're not going to go with the same bullcrap and expect to win. Like, if you're Washington, you're basically rolling out a poor man's Philly. What do I mean? They have Simmons, you have Westbrook, right? Um, and they're going to go low post to Embiid. What are you doing, low post to Rolo? Are you kidding me, Alex Len? Yeah, good luck with that, right? They're, they, they have machine guns, you're, you're throwing paper guns. Throw a different weapon. Go for a slingshot or a bow and arrow. Make it a little different. The only way Washington, Washington now again, they they can. They can absolutely make this a competitive series and win the series. The secret weapon is Davis Bertans. He needs to average. Two things have to happen. He's got to average over 30 minutes, A. And he needs to attempt. The over-under for me is 15 three-point attempts a game. He needs to rein in from three. Now, you can't be like, oh, if he doesn't have the hot hand, don't ride him. The way shooters work as a shooter, you got to let him shoot. And then he'll get on a run, and then hopefully he'll play and beat off the floor. But if the idea is, the goal of your, your team is you, you want to match. Can Bertans have a better true shooting percentage than Joel Embiid? It's going to be close, but it's possible. Why? Because you can double Embiid. If you have Simmons with Embiid in the lineup, you can double him and let, you know, obviously you have to worry about Curry. You probably have to worry about Korkmaz. But again, if Curry and Korkmaz are on the court, Beal should cook him on the other end. Um, you let Harris shoot a little bit. So you could double um, Embiid to an extent. But Embiid's impact to shooting percentage is going to hover around that 57% range because he's going to get to the line. He'll still be able to beat the double. Those guys will still shoot threes. That overall is going to be 57%. But Bertans is going to get his. He's going to be able to get attempts up. Because if B's not coming out, he's not coming out. And if B and if B's not coming out, Bertans should be able to jack up those threes. And the goal is he shoots like an 8 for 20, right? Or a 7 for 16, something like that. And the way the 7 for 16 is going to work, it's going to be a high volatility 7 for 16. He's 0 for 6, he hits the next 3, he misses the next 2, hits the next 4, etc., etc. You have to live with that. What is this guy doing? You have to live with that. And yes, if um, Washington can get 
if they can get Bertans going, if they they should not even play Len. They shouldn't even play Rolo. There's no point. Gafford, I like. Gafford could protect the rim. He could rim run. You got to tighten up that rotation, right? NATO, I have no idea why he's playing. He doesn't do anything for them. Okay, you're going for the other guys. You got to run if you're Washington, and you got to jack threes, right? So you need to play players that enable that. Westbrook, Beal, Hutchinson is fine. You should play him. Okay, Gafford, Bertans, Rui Huchamara, jack up those threes. But if you're not comfortable shooting threes, you know, NATO, I'm playing him if he can shoot threes. If you're not comfortable shooting threes, you're not in my rotation. So so the Wizards, you know, Bertans, in my opinion, has an opportunity. He could be the guy that hovers around that 57% true shooting. He can do it. He's done it for the season. Can he do it at volume? Big question. But I'm riding that. I think there's, there's a chance he can. And if he can... It's a long series, and you get a chance to steal something here. But there's no way. There, you want to bring a paper gun to a machine gun fight, you got to throw a different weapon. There is no way you are running the same crappier version of their lineup and having a chance to win. And the same thing is with the Celtics, by the way. The same thing is with the Celtics. Okay? You can't start like Kemba, um, Smart, Fournier, Tatum, forget Robert Williams. I don't even care if he starts or not. Like, so let's say Robert Williams starts. You're not playing. That is a poor man's version of, of Brooklyn's lineup, right? KD Tatum, Fournier Harden, Irving Walker. And by the way, their, their extra little X factors are better than ours. Brett Brown, Joe Harris, better. You got to run different. I have my Celtic secret weapon as well. But again, Washington's secret weapon has got to be Bertans. Got to be. Got to be. Over under, he's got to average 15 and a half three-point attempts for them to make it a series. If he doesn't, then like you're getting swept. And well, by the way, everyone, no one's gonna realize this. Washington's gonna be happy. We made the playoffs. Yay. Brooks will be kept. Shepard will be kept as GM. Everybody is gonna be super happy. Yay. All right. <clears throat> Another preview I really wanted to do was obviously my, my faithful Celtics. <sighs> Going up against Brooklyn. I said this before. Sixers are beatable. Brooklyn is not really that beatable. Um, which is frustrating. I don't get like... I'm just going to sigh a lot. Um, really would have made sense for the Celtics to just take that game against Washington. Just saying. They would have had a home game against a depleted Indiana team with no Karis LeVert. Uh, we could have walked into the, the eighth seed, played against Philly. Um, would have had an outside shot in that series, honestly. I still feel it. still feel it. I feel like you can outcoach them. I feel like the Embiid factor, as I noted earlier. And then if you win that series, you're in an incredible bracket. Because then you play the winner of the New York-Atlanta series, and that's beatable too. So there's an outside chance. Uh, you make the conference finals. Um, but it's here nor there. Because we play Brooklyn. Yay. We play Brooklyn. So they're just like Washington against um, Philly, there there is an avant-garde way to beat Brooklyn. The word beat is strong. There's an avant-garde way to, to frazzle them. 
if you will. I say that because, like, in my opinion, the, the, the whole strategy with Brooklyn, you know, you talk about KD, you talk about Harden, I think it's all revolving around Kyrie. It really is. I think it's going to be tough for Kyrie. He still has an ego that he, he, needs to, he needs to at least be second on the team in usage. Now, again, there's definitely a world where, like, Kyrie has a crappy series and, and Brooklyn still wins. Um, the question is, can Kyrie self-implode? That, that, that's the game you got to play. I know, oh, God, you're making these cliches, you know, about Kyrie, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, you have to play them. The way to beat Brooklyn is exposing Kyrie because I don't think Nash and D'Antoni, everyone's going to have the balls to not play him. Um, I don't know if, you know, he has enough emotional intelligence. He doesn't have as much emotional intelligence as Harden and KD to, I would say, acquiesce to them as much. And he can self-implode. I would, I'm going to make the argument. Brooklyn has a better chance in the series and to win the title if you remove Kyrie completely. Because then you're getting a full usage of Harden, full usage of KD. And it's very evident who the two-man combo is. And by the way, this is the point I'm going to make. They're far harder to game plan against because they have less flaws. Kyrie has a few flaws. One is the over-ISO ability, right? Uh, where he's not as good an ISO player as Harden and KD, but he thinks he is. And the second thing is defensively. He's still a smallish, weakish guard, so you could expose him on the defensive end. Other teams did when, when he was a Celtic. Why not do the other way? So my whole strategy, what my, a, a firm basis of my strategy, revolves around Kyrie. Here's the issue. Celtics have the same problem with Kemba. Same exact problem. But it's actually bigger. Right, because Kemba does not have as much offensive prowess as, as Kyrie, and he has probably a bigger defensive weakness. He's worse defensively than Kyrie. So uh, Brooklyn can play the game. You expose us, we expose you. Right, and our uh, and and it's going to be a larger deficit on our end. Um, so if I'm Boston, I need to be careful with how I'm using Kemba. Basically, defensively, Kemba's got to run around and chase Harris. So your hope is he could do an effective enough job there. You limit Kemba's uh, exposure on Kyrie. The other thing that you do if you're the Celtics is you don't run a backup point guard. So this is the goal, basically. You paint Pritchard. I, I, he's been great. He's been cute. I like. He's out of the rotation. You limit Kemba's minutes. Who do you give more minutes to? Romeo Langford and Aaron Naismith. And I'll explain why. Um, so first off, if I'm, if I'm starting, um, I don't, I don't, I, I hate, I, I don't want to put smart on Kyrie. That doesn't do anything. Kyrie can actually cook smart because smart to me is not like, he's not a big defender. He's not that big. So Kyrie's going to be able to, to do his thing around him. I'd rather have a guy who's solely focused on the, on the defensive end. So I put Romeo Langford there. He's a little bigger. Can Kyrie cook him? Maybe. But you're giving Lakeford some ammo here. Right? And then on the other end, I could post them up. And I could run Lakeford in post situations against Kyrie. So so Raymond Lakeford, to me, <clears throat> is a key factor. Smart makes me nervous. He does. Because 
while he'll be aggressive on the defensive end, he's going to chuck up threes on the other end, and that's not a, a, a game I want to play. So to me, the most valuable Celtics starting lineup is actually Kemba, Romeo, Fournier, Tatum, uh, and Thompson. Thompson's another key X factor. We know this. So you're hoping Thompson, look, Thompson has to have a good series. Over, under for him, he's got to average more than nine and a half rebounds. And not get into foul trouble. That's one factor, okay? You're going to have to give KD his. You hope Tatum is 15% worse than KD. KD does not abuse Tatum by more than 15%, which I think is an acceptable number. Harden over Fournier can't be more than 25%, okay? So you're going to lose those two battles. But Fournier, you need someone to keep you honest offensively. Kemba hopefully does his. Your goal is basically for Kyrie to shoot under 40%. And so he's got to have a true shooting percentage under 53%. And his usage still needs to be over 30 If those two things happen, he's basically a net negative. And I think he could do that. I think Kyrie could turn it over. And I think that only happens if you have Langford on him. It's a little different. He's going to, he's going to, you know, look at it as like a challenge. Um, and then the hope is that, you know, you have 40 on hard and obviously you hard to cook him. Um, and then Tatum and KD, you can limit him a little bit. Now, if you want to get clever and get more defensive, that's fine too. You don't have to start Fournier. You could start smart and put smart on Harden as well. Either way, the biggest difference for me is starting Langford. Romeo Langford must start, or say it a better way, must get starters minutes because he has an opportunity to disrupt Kyrie. And by the way, Naismith also has to get minutes off the bench. Both guys, I think, could disturb Kyrie. They're bigger guards. They could do a little damage on Kyrie. You don't want to have a small guard on Kyrie. He will cook him. Can he cook Naismith too? Yeah. But then Naismith hurts him on the other end. So both guys have to, have to you know, be, be two-way talents basically for you for, to have a chance in the series to take advantage of Kyrie. Thompson obviously has to come big. But again, as I said before, you can't run the same bullcrap. The Celtics basically have a, if they run their normal rotation, it is a worse version of Brooklyn's rotation. Let's, let, let's go with it. Okay. Kemba, Kyrie. Right? Fournier Harden. I mean, it's like a worse version. Tatum, KD. This is like, this is sick. So much a worse version. The ones that you're better at, you have a chance at Thompson. Obviously, you're going to get that advantage. You need to obviously build on that. You need Robert Williams needs to be healthy. That If he's not, then this is another tough one. Okay? So if he's not healthy, you need to get um, more ruggedness, you know, better defense out of your five. Now... What my feeling is how Stevens is going to play this. Uh, another X factor, if you want to throw one out is Jabari Parker off the bench. And that's what Stevens is going to do. I, I don't love that because I'm not relying on Parker. Um, he's going to get cooked. On the, He's just such a bad defender. So you're going to get killed that way. Him and Cornette, I mean, they can't get minutes. They will. Parker's going to get back up five minutes. My prediction is Stevens is going to basically roll the same rotation. So it's going to be Walker, Smart, Fournier, Tatum, um, Thompson, Pritchard, you know, Naismith. I don't think you're going to see a lot of Langford, maybe a little Langford, and then Parker off the bench. And that's just the recipe for, like, maybe you play them tight and then you lose by seven. That's, like, your best case. Your worst case, you get blown out. That's a seven to 20-point loss. 
If you do my idea, Langford gets 30-plus minutes. Naismith gets a lot of minutes. You, you Pritchard's out of the rotation. Kemba Walker's limited to 30. So my, my idea is basically, let's say you start it. So let's say you do um, Walker, Langford uh, in the backcourt, and each one gets 30. So that's, you know, you basically have 96 minutes. So let's say you make the backcourt Walker, Langford, Naismith. And for argument's sake, that is they average it out. So you're, you're getting 96 minutes across the three of them in some fashion. Walker's not going to give you more than 33. So you can split. He gets 33. You could do, um, and then, you know, 31, 32, whatever for the other, for, for like for Naismith. Okay, now we're on to something. Fournier, um, and then obviously you have Fournier Smart could split, in my opinion, the 48 at the 3. Actually, let's say Fournier Smart Tatum um, split. That's another 96, so they split those three-way. All right, so now I have my wing rotation, basically, my backcourt rotation, my 3-4, if you will. So I'm having a lot of wings play play the, the four slot. That's fine. And then I, I split my my Thompson. Thompson's gonna, I need Thompson to at least 28. The other 20, if it's Parker or Cornette, I'm in trouble. My hope is Parker gets hot or whatever, and that, that's, the, that's my best shot of winning the series. This is just how I noted it. So it's 96 minutes between Lankford, Naismith, Walker, 96, with probably Tatum getting 40 of those 96, between Tatum, 48, and Smart, and then you got to split uh, Thompson and Parker, and you got to hope, you know, Parker goes nuts from three. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough. Either way, like Brooklyn, you just have to go avant-garde, you know, in those series. So I, I say, like, that's not my MO, by the way. Like, I'm not saying, like, every series you have to go avant-garde. When you are such a heavy underdog, you got to go outside the box. You're not going to win it the same way. True story. When I was, uh, and I, I'm bringing up this, I'm previewing the, the those series first. The other lopsided series, out west, by the way, and then you can ask me, like, how do you go avant-garde? The, the, the West doesn't really have as many lopsided series. Lakers-Suns is a six-gamer. Warriors probably feel confident against Utah. They beat them recently. So not, those are the two lopsided series in the whole playoffs right now. Portland-Denver, you can make an argument. I, I, I can flip it around because Portland won in Denver. Look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with, with this great um, muscle here. This great parable. When I was... In, uh, I was a counselor at Mosheva Wild Rose, a Jewish sleepaway camp uh, in Wisconsin. Every year they played against uh, the team across the lake who um, were a lot better, okay? Let's just say it like that. They had a lot more talent. Um, so the team was just athletic. You know, they were taller, they were bigger. So I saw my squad, I saw their squad. I'm like, I'm not going to run a normal lineup here. This is ridiculous. We're going to get blown out. And they got blown out every year. Every year, I heard stories. We lost by 40, lost by 50. I don't know why we keep having this tradition. They just smoke us every time. So during tryouts, I'm like, we're going to do something differently. I just had people shooting 
during tryouts. I did drills where I wanted to see who were good handlers, who was fast, and then who could shoot. And I figured out, okay, there's a couple guys who are talented that can't shoot. I, I can't play the ma- major minutes. There's guys who are talented that could shoot. And I basically, in practices, we ran what I like to call three-point offense, which is your um, everyone starts underneath the, the hoop. And your bigs run down screens for your wings to, to um, come out to the diagonals, basically. And then your your pigs actually pop to the corners. And all day we're just, you know, your goal is to shoot threes. That's, that's what it is. We must have attempted in the game, um, I want to say 28 threes. It's a 36-minute game. I don't think any year they attempted more than five to ten threes. We tripled it. I, I want to attempt 28 threes. We lost the game by four. So it was a game. We didn't win. We were less talented. If we played in the semi-game series, we'd probably steal a few. Maybe we got lucky and win the series. I bring that up because if you look at the spread of the game, probably 26 and a half. So we killed the spread. You have to think avant-garde. We went way crazy from three. I mean, I remember, like, shout out Ari Zendelman. Kid had a big head, big body, slow. He could chuck threes. Fantastic. Sean Cohen, quick kid. He could chuck threes. And we just chucked and chucked. Fast breaks, I remember it was like a three-on-two. We're chucking him for three. And this is in the early 2000s. So, like, now it's not such a a crazy outside-the-box strategy. It was at the time. But the bottom line, that's Washington. That's what the Wizards needed to do. You have to go out. If you're such a deep underdog, you have to go outside the box. And then I'll appreciate it more. I mean, as fans, we'll appreciate it. Like, okay, we, we went down with this really unique idea. And, like, this happens all the time. Like, in a uh, in a series, I keep bringing this up. When the Bulls were down, I'm sorry, the Bulls, Celtics were down 0-2. They lost the first two games at home against Chicago. This is during the Stevens era. People forget this series. And we lost those two games because Rondo was killing us as a Bull. Obviously, Butler was as well. But, um, you know, Stevens is sharp. He's a sharp guy. And he went outside the box. What did he do? He started Gerald Green at the four. I don't remember who our original four was. I, I, I don't I don't really fully remember. But Green then started at the four. Maybe over Morris, I want to say. But it totally changed up the series. Celtics win the next four games. Now, Green just spaced. He spaced well. I don't know if he spaced it for Kyrie. I'm trying to remember what our team was, uh, whether it was the Kyrie team or not. might have been. Bottom line, he went a little different. Okay, there's another game. You know, there's times when we're down. I remember during the Doc Rivers era, Celtics were getting blown out the first half, and he started a small ball lineup at the start of the second half, and then we at least made a comeback. You got to do something different. Like, so... That's my hope for these underdog teams. Portland against Denver. My only issue there a little bit. So if you're if you're that series, if you want to say, okay, that's the other sort of long shot series, even though it's not really. If you're Portland, maybe. You gotta again, it's the same thing. Like, how do you play Jokic off the court? So if you play Nurkic at the at the five, it's not gonna do anything. Cantor not gonna do anything. You gotta go really avant-garde. Now, unfortunately. Portland really doesn't have any centers that are going to um, make 
you know, expose Jokic. Um, but I think Jokic is in the best pick and roll five. The problem with Portland is they don't they don't have good pick and roll fives themselves. Right? That's the that's their big issue. So because of that, I mean the guy you throw out there is Derek Jones Jr. at the five, basically. And and you and you make him roll a lot. Um, and then hope he bothers Jokic. But Jokic will, will cook him in the post. So none of these ideas are going to work. But bottom line, if it's if it's a if it's a, what I call a sleeper series where there's a big underdog, got to go outside the box, or else why are we watching us fans? Why?